0: We are back with the famous, the great, the not coming out of Ohio State University, (laughs) soon-to-be Hall of Famer, (laughs) Anquan Bolden. (laughs) So, uh, listen, Anquan, listen, we, um, you know, the first half, you know, we really just talked about a lot of football and a lot of uh, uh, some personal stuff. uh, And it was a really great conversation, very insightful, you know. I didn't even think you were... You, you you had that I know you were quick and fast but I didn't think you had that level of quickness to actually catch a rabbit and you caught quite a few of them so I'm like really really <laughs> impressed with that right but what I, I what I'm most impressed about is what we're about to talk about now you know I remember there was a time um during uh, like the black lives matter movement um I had this one lady uh, I think she was a host that said that athletes need to just shut up. Actually, she was referring to LeBron, that's saying right. he needs to shut up and dribble. But basically, what they, what she was trying to say is that athletes need to just shut up and play sports and not get involved in in, in social justice or advocacy work, right? Like,
1: like, like people don't have lives, like <laughs> yeah. people don't have life experiences, and you know, like that's crazy.
0: And so, I want to, I want right. to get, I want to just get right to it, Anquan. You know, what what brought you to this work?
2: Right. So. <laughs> And, you know, you talk about the lady who who said that about LeBron, right? And actually, that's, that's not true in the way that she thinks because people only tell athletes to shut up and dribble or, you know, to stay out of politics or whatever it is, only when they don't agree with them. Because when you have an athlete that agrees with, you know a politician or you know an elected official or whatever it is you'll always find them trying to have that athlete or actor or entertainer endorse them so it's not that they don't want athletes to engage in in the things that they really care about it's just when you don't agree with me then stay out of it but if you're on my side I can use you you know what I'm saying to kind of further my messaging so You know, I don't I don't I don't agree with her take on it because there's a lot of people who and you'll see it all the time. Like you'll have somebody like Brett Favre or, you know, you'll have somebody like Mike Dicker who will come out and he'll he'll say things opposite to what, you know, we may believe or something like that. And then you'll see the other side. They'll come and well, come on this show and, you know, endorse this person or whatever. So it's not that they want athletes to stay out of it completely it's just that when you don't agree with me then you can stay out of it but as for me you know i i came into this for me you know this is something that i've been affected by my entire life even if i didn't have the words to express it or the platform to to speak on it i mean like i told you you know my my brother lost his right to vote before he was old enough to vote i have a a brother-in-law who's 40, I think he's like 45, and he just had his voting rights restored. Like, this is the first time that he's ever been allowed to vote. And then I think you guys know my story. Um, Six years ago, uh, I think, what's today's date, Dad? Six years ago, yesterday, um, my my cousin was killed by a a law enforcement officer right in in, in Palm Beach um, Gardens, Um, right off of 95... And the only thing he did was break down on the side of the road. So for me, man, this this fight is serious. Um, it's something that hits close to home. Like I said, it's something I've been affected by, you know, my entire life, even though I haven't had the platform or maybe even the words um to speak on the on the matter.
0: So was was that incident with your with your cousin was that the catalyst to really get you to step out? Or was that something that just added fuel to already burning fire, right? To advocate on behalf of like criminal justice reform, police accountability and things of that
2: nature. Yeah, so for me, man, I there were things that I was concerned about prior to my cousin being killed by law enforcement. Um, but when that happened, man, it's just like, I didn't know what to do, but I know I had to do something. Um, and like I said, I, for me, it was initially just trying to get the story out, you know, trying to talk to, you know, um, writers um, at different um, newspapers. And and like at that point, no nobody would actually pick the story up. But, you know, just being um, consistent um, and persistent, you know, it actually started to gain steam. And, you know, different outlets started to pick it up and, you know, the story became what it was. But, man, so we we all and I think at that point we were all kind of um, tired of, you know, what had been going on. You know, we've seen so many people being killed at the hands of law enforcement. Um, and I was the same way. I was no different than everybody else, you know, tired of seeing you know the Tamir Rice's and and everybody, man. Um, but when it hit home, it hits different. Like I can I can still remember we were we were asked. I was in San Francisco. We were playing the Baltimore Ravens. So this was a Sunday that I was looking forward to because I had been traded to San Francisco from Baltimore after the Super Bowl win. So you know when you see your former team on the schedule, that's a that's a game that you circle. So it was actually me and Torrey Smith who had just came from Baltimore. We were looking forward to this game. And just like every other other Sunday, you know, we're getting prepared for the game. We go out, we play the game. We actually win. So we're excited. Um, You beat your former team. And then right after the game, I have uh, um, an appearance that I have to do. So there was was a, a family that won this contest. And then they got to do a meet and greet with me after the game. So I remember just like every other Sunday, coming out of the locker room, having my wife and my two boys greet me in the family room. And then the first thing my wife said to me, which was odd, now that I I think about it, she said, where's your phone? And I'm like, it's in my backpack. She was like, let me get your phone. And I gave her my phone, not even thinking about it. She was like, you have the appearance? I was like, yeah. She was like, go do the appearance, um, and I'll see you when you're done. So you know, I gave my wife a kiss, gave the boys a kiss. Went and did the appearance. It was only like 20 minutes, so spent time with the family. Came back, and then we usually go out to eat afterwards. So we go out to eat, and while we're at dinner, I can hear my, I can see my wife is kind of like silent. She's not talking as much. So I'm like, "You, you okay?" She was like, "Yeah, we'll talk um, when we get back to the house." So I'm like, "Okay," and you know, still trying to figure out what's going on. But we get back to the house, we put the boys to the bed, you know, get them, you know. Um, showered up, put them to bed because they have school the next morning. And me and her going the room, she was like, "Um, I got to tell you something." And I'm like, "What's up?" She was like, "Um, man, your co- your cousin Corey was shot and killed." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Corey," because I had two cousins named Corey. And I'm like, "What? Which Corey?" She was like, "CJ brother." And I'm like, "Nah." And then she hands me back my phone. And then I get my phone and like, there's all these text messages that I haven't been able to check because obviously we were playing a game. So I call back home and I'm like, man, what's going on? Like, and he was like, yeah, um, Corey was killed. And then they tell me the whole story. And I'm like, this is not making sense because anybody who knew Corey knew that number one, there's no way in the world that he would come in contact with law enforcement in any kind of way. Like, Corey was the the type of guy that would avoid conflict at all costs. Like, we were young. We used to wrestle. You know what I'm saying? You have your cousins or whatever. Like, he was the only one. He would talk his way out of it. Like, he he wanted no parts of conflict at all. So, it was puzzling to me. And then I talked to his brother, CJ, and he's giving me the story. And, I mean, it broke my heart, man, because, like, my cousin should still be here today. Like, the only thing he did was break down on the side of the road, coming home, from doing a gig playing in the band. He was a drummer in the band and he had just got done playing in one of his gigs. On his way home, he catches a flat tire or, or breaks down on the side of the road. And while he's on the phone with roadside assistance, he's actually shot by the police. So now, you know, breaking down on the side of the road equals a death sentence. Like for me, that doesn't make sense. So there was no way that I could sit on the sidelines and and no longer use my voice for it for this fight. Wow.
1: Man, that, that that just moment sounds so fresh, man, as you're sharing yeah. it. Like I like to go from that high, high to that low, low, man.
0: I, I remember that story too and, and, and at the time, you know, when I was reading about it, I didn't even realize that Corey was related to, to, to Anquan. You know, but I, I, I know that, that that really and that really touched something deep in inside of you, Anquan. You know, and, and but no, the question is though, you know, how you know, and, and I know as as an athlete, sometimes there is a reluctance to to actually be vocal. You know, we we we've seen like the Colin Kaepernick uh, uh, situation where Colin, you know, he's taking the knee, and you know, so he haven't been back yet in the NFL. Man, is do you think that the attitudes of of players? Have changed since then, and 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 people are 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 being more vocal about injustice.
2: I, I think um, it just depends on the athlete. I think it depends on the person, and you know, I talk to some athletes and they feel comfortable using their voice, and I talk to some athletes and you know they're like, "Hey, man, I don't, I don't want to have nothing to do with that. You know, I just want to play ball." And you know, what, you know, I always used to say like. um, you know, we have that responsibility. As athletes, I think you have that responsibility. But now that I sit back and think about it, I think we all have that responsibility. Not just athletes, because I know a lot of times we put we put the onus on athletes, we put the pressure on athletes. Hey, you need to come out, you need to say something, you know, use your voice, da-da-da-da. That goes for every citizen, not just athletes. I think all of us have the responsibility of using our voice, no matter how small our voice may be or how large our microphone may be. We all have that responsibility because we're all saying we want to see change, but the change starts with us. If we're not willing to speak out about what's going on right in front of us, how can we expect things to change? If we're not willing to go out to the voting booth and vote and use our power that way, how can we expect things to change? Like we just sit back, and just talk about things and allow things to continue to happen, how can we expect things to change? So we all have that responsibility, not just athletes, but every citizen in themselves have that responsibility to go out and use their voice.
1: Yeah, man, Anquan, I think about like the the kind of the heartbeat of the whole movement around amendment four was challenging people to share their stories, challenging people to say there is meaning and significance in the pain that you've gone through, and that to your point. Everybody has a voice and 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 can influence somebody. And so the idea of all across the state, you know, the, mm. the the real power in that movement was that people went in to go vote. They were voting for their neighbor, or their loved one, somebody who had the courage to get up and say something. Man, I I, I still I'm just struck by your yeah. your story with Corey and like because the appeals court was still like you just had a ruling recently like that had to be a roller coaster where you know you're continually probably feeling like. You know, hey, I gotta say something. My heart's telling me to say something. Like, man, that's powerful. Could you, could yeah, you speak
0: mean, on it, that recent ruling, too, uh, anquan
2: Well, I, I think you know when we see these things happen on TV, like we we don't really understand the magnitude that it has on the families, right? Because we we think, okay, and 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 luckily for us as a family, we were able to get our day in court. Right. Like there were a lot of families who never even got a day in court. I think the officer who was convicted in Corey's case was the first officer convicted in an on duty shooting in the state of Florida in the last 30 years. So when you when when you. Yes. Yes. The last 30 years. So when you think about all the police involved shootings that happened in the state of Florida, he was the first officer to get convicted in the last 30 years. So while I'm in the courtroom and we're hearing this, obviously we're we're elated because we feel like justice is gonna be served. But then my heart and my mind goes to the other families who's gone through the exact same thing that my family is going through, but never saw the justice. And then your heart breaks for those families because they deserve to have justice just as well as my family did. You know what I'm saying? Like, they deserve to have their day in court. A lot of those families didn't even get to sit before a judge or a jury. The officer was acquitted, you know what I'm saying? Like, from the jump. You know what I'm saying? They said that he was well within his rights to do whatever he did. So, a lot of those families never even got that kind of closure. So, I know when we see it on TV, you know, we we think that hey, it's gonna happen, but man, it's a long, drawn out process. And when when I talk to you know different law en- law enforcement officers that I know across the country, the one thing that they they pressed upon me was, man, make sure that you guys stay involved. Make sure that you keep this story you know at the forefront because a lot of times what they do is, man, they they go through all these proceedings and You know, they have all these delay tactics and then they, a lot of times they're hoping that, you know, the story gets shoved to the background, you know, that the family stops showing up and, you know, and then they can eventually just, just do away with the case. But, you know, for my family, you know, I got to take my hat off, man. Every time there was a hearing, every time there was anything, they were out there, you know, they were front and center. Um, And that's, that's truly why I believe that justice was served. Wow, but well, Anquan, man,
0: you know, um, you know, uh, I want, I want to, I want, I want to go back, right? You know, because you you mentioned uh, some good things when we was talking about, you know, the the diversity of attitudes that you know players may have, uh, professional athletes athletes may have when it comes to like the social justice movement. You know, and I thought about, you know, two people. I thought about Hollywood Henderson Mm -hmm. and I thought about Charles Barkley, right? Charles Barkley, the famous, I ain't no role model, Mm -hmm. right? And then Hollywood Henderson, when he had gotten in trouble after his days with Dallas, he was on Larry King and Larry King was like, well, how do you feel now that you've disappointed all your fans? And Hollywood Henderson said, listen, I'm not trying to make an excuse for me, but whenever a kid have to look past the dinner table to find a role model, that speaks to a bigger issue, right? And so, uh, Anquan, my question to you is: In this wide array of, of of positions that people can, or stances that people, or professional athletes can take, where do you personally stand at right now, as as far as how do you see what your role is, right, in this ecosystem or in this in these times right now, as it relates to social right. justice? So-
2: So you mentioned this this quote by um, Charles Barkley where he says, you know, I'm not a role model. And the unfortunate thing about that is you're a role model whether you want to be or not. Like if, if you're a professional athlete and you don't even have to be a professional athlete. If you're an uncle, if you're a father, if you're a big cousin, whatever it is that you are, somebody is looking at you. Somebody is looking up to you. Now that is magnified as an athlete. So it's not just one person or, you know what I'm saying? A couple family members. Now you have, you know, entire schools or entire teams or entire cities, wherever it is, looking up to you. And and for me, it struck. So here's when I knew I was a role model, right? I remember I was in high school. And my sister had her son. And at the time, DeMario had to be about about four or five years old. This is my nephew. And my nephew used to see me playing quarterback at Pahokee High School. And you know how little kids come to the gate? Like, he would come to the gate, and everything I did on the football field, he would mimic along the gate. And I actually saw him a couple times doing exactly what I was doing on the field. So now, here's this little kid who's doing everything that I'm doing. It's not a question of if I wanna be a role model. I am one. Because I have somebody who's looking at my life and saying, I wanna be exactly like him and I'm gonna mimic everything that he does. Now, I have a responsibility. And my responsibility is to make sure that that kid knows how to do the right thing. If I want this kid to grow up and truly be the person that God has called him to be, I got to do the right things. I can't just go out and live my life any kind of way. And that's what I think some people fail to realize at times. Your life isn't just about you. The way you live your life affects more than just you. Yeah, you may think this is my life and, you know, I get to do what I want to. No, that's not true. Especially if you have a kids, if you have kids and a family, your life is no longer your own. You're not living for just you. Every decision that I make as a man affects my wife, my two boys, and it doesn't stop there. It actually affects my nieces, my nephews, you know, my extended family. So, I have to be careful of what I do, what I say, you know, how I portray myself. All of those things matter when you realize how you are viewed in the eyes of other people.
1: Well, hey, Anquan, can I just build on that question a little bit? Because one of the things as I was listening to you talk was I, I like, I, I thought about the NFL, right? Like this big, massive business, right? With lots of different interests and people can project onto it a whole bunch of different things. And I would feel like if it, if it was me, I could get caught up looking the wrong way and kind of losing the real authentic kind of message that you're sharing right there. Did you have some mentors or like what was your walk like as you kind of walk through that process to make sure that, uh, you know, you, 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 stayed in that space that you're talking about. And I say that as somebody who I actually, I, I, part of my failing, I got my felony conviction was cause I, I lost track of exactly the kind of thing that you're talking about and, and got focused on like the systems and other things and, and ended up getting selfish in the process. So I'm just curious, like, did you have some mentors or what, like, how did you kind of get disciplined to stay in that space, man?
2: Yeah, for me, man, I have people around me that hold me accountable. Um, First and foremost, man, my wife. Um, my wife holds me accountable. I have I you know, know that uncles. feeling. Hey, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, but it's it's a great thing, man. Even even if you don't want to hear it, man, they have a different perspective than than what we do. You know what I'm saying? That's why the Bible calls our wife our helpmates. You know what I'm saying? Like they help us to be who we're supposed to be. Um, you know, I have my father and my mother who's always kept me grounded. Um, the community where I come from, man, it's like I said, I'm not a celebrity when I go home. I'm quan. you know what I'm saying? Like these are people that I grew up with. They gonna tell me when I'm right. They gonna tell me when I'm wrong. They gonna challenge me on certain things. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's how I want it to be. Because if if people that are around me allow me to do whatever I wanna do and they cheer me on, they don't really love me. It's only those people who truly love you that are going to challenge you, that are going to, hey, man, you ain't handled that right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you you shouldn't have handled that person that way or you shouldn't have said that or, you know what I'm saying? That's not how we were raised. Those are the people that I want around me. I don't want no yes men around me. Like, I want people that are actually going to look out for my best interests and make sure that I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing.
0: Speaking of people around you, man, let me ask you, Do are you building an army of social justice Avengers? You know, I mean, you know, I, I know Neil mentioned Malcolm earlier, you know, um, but other than Malcolm, you know, are there other people that that's out there? I know, matter of fact, I forgot to tell you, I, I reached out to Coach Van Gundy. I was going to get him to pop on and surprise you on this call, but I think he's uh, <laughs> doing a game tonight, but he definitely sends his love Man, but are there other people that you're working with that uh, have really seemed to get this and and really want to do some work around advocacy around either racial justice or or social justice, which I think is, you know, interchangeable anyhow?
2: Yeah, man, there's a there's too many for me to name. I know when we originally started out, man, um, I think we went to D.C. It was probably about six of us. And that number six grew to more than 1,200 players.
0: And then- Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Back up for a minute. Y'all got, you got 1,200 players on board with this?
2: Dang. And we've, so we've expanded far beyond the NFL. Like initially oh, it was okay. NFL players. Okay, okay. But now we're in, we're in the NFL. We're in college football, we're in MLB. We're in WNBA. We're in Major League Soccer. We're in lacrosse leagues. We're in lacrosse. I mean, you name it. Wow. Yeah. Man, like lacrosse. the block, we got a, <laughs> You said a lacrosse. Black lacrosse. Oh, Jesus. We, we got a black lacrosse alliance.
0: Really? So, like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What about what so about is- in Florida? You know, because I'm asking that because I'm going somewhere with this. Because, uh, you no, know, as we're as we're coming up to the end of the show, I I, I really want you, you know this. The, I want our folks to know if there's anything that you're doing specifically to Florida, and then what are you doing nationally, and then you know if there's some other uh, uh, players or athletes or or like celebrity type folks that you that you work with. That's engaging this, you know, uh, you know, how they're showing up.
2: Yeah, man, we're 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 plugged in, in in the state of Florida with with my the Miami Dolphins, we're plugged in with Jacksonville Jaguars, we're plugged in with the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, all three organizations have lended their their help. And, you know, for us, it's so when you talk about social justice, man, the the work is so extensive. I mean, we can talk about voting rights we can talk about prison reform we can talk about youth justice i mean the list goes on and on we and and one of the things right now that we're we're um really tackling is the qualified immunity piece you know holding law enforcement like that is that is huge because for as much as we talk about reform right and we can do a lot of work around reform but the minute something happens and we don't hold Certain parties responsible, all of that trust is gone out of the window. All of that is just talk. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we've all been in relationships. If we're not honest and accountable, that relationship is not going to work. Yeah. And that person is not going to yeah. trust us. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we can come and we can be like, oh, we need to restore trust back in the community from law. When has there ever been trust between law enforcement and the black community? <laughs> Like, I'm still trying to figure out. Like, yes, the black community has probably trusted several officers, different officers, but we've never trusted law enforcement as a whole. So, and the reason that is, is because law enforcement has never been held accountable. So that's why I feel like this this, uh, this qualified immunity piece is so vital, you know what I'm saying, for us to get to where we want to be. Like, if you can't hold... Law enforcement, personally accountable for the actions that they do, man, we'll never go anywhere.
1: Well, and I got to say, too, like what you you start talking about, like, you know, making progress on some of these things. The Supreme Court just ruled on qualified immunity, you know, yesterday. Right. And and reminded us all like what, what a what a long road we got to go. Um, it feels like we're in a Dickens novel where it's like the best of times uh, and the, the worst, worst of times, times right? right? Like one day it's like, man, yeah. made some progress, and then you get, you know, something like that coming and just reminded right. what, what a mountain there is to climb here.
0: Well, hey, but we got a glimmer of hope, man, because you, you, mentioned, you mentioned some of the teams, man, that 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 you work with. Let me tell you, came out today fresh off the press. Uh, Miami Dolphins did their press release, man, and they dropped another hundred k on the FRRC for the fines and fees uh a uh, fund right another 100k
1: and think about that that's that's that's, that's a number but that's people man. yeah that's those are real lives you're gonna man. Be, be able to move yeah. forward man and so they're right. gonna
0: be a lot of returning citizens uh in dade county that's gonna be able to be able to register the vote without having to be forced to choose between putting food on their table or voting right and I got to give a huge shout out to the Miami Dolphins and their social justice impact That's right. squad. You know, and 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 hopefully we want to keep we want to grow this. And so, man, Kwame, we might need your help, man. We might need to. We got to get the Bucks on board. We got to get the uh, 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 Jaguars on board. I didn't like the fact that the Jaguars beat the Dolphins too. Uh, I really didn't. didn't. I really. I, I didn't appreciate that. You In know? London, of all places. Man, listen when you when you got you no, know, we got. The other teams, is the Orlando Magic, man, they've been so supportive of of the work that we've been doing and the Miami Heat. That's right. Man. Right? The Miami Heat has been supportive. And so when we get teams like that, man, we we want nothing but the best from them. And so if the Jaguars want to beat the Dolphins again, man, they're going to have to go ahead and, and get, link up with our fines and fees fund to help some <laughs> more folks out, man, for real. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then, Anquan, there is a, a, another uh, – I can't remember his name – This brother that's in uh, uh, the WWE out of Tampa, right? Have you done anything with him? I know his, his, his focus has been around young people.
2: Yeah. We, we've done some, um, some youth justice work with him as well. Um, You know, he's a, he's a university of Florida grad. So I try not to hold that against him. Um, (laughs) Yeah. He, he's doing some great work, man. We, we, we've actually partnered up and like I said, man, this, this work is extensive and, We need all hands on deck. You know, it's not just one group or one set of people that can get it done, man. We need as much help as we can because there's so many areas that we need to improve, man. So, you know, anybody that's looking to join up, no matter what area you're passionate about. And that's like even in the players coalition, man, we have guys that are passionate about different things. Like we have some guys who are passionate about education. You know, we have some guys who are passionate about voting reforms. We have some guys that are passionate about, you know, um, qualified immunity or, you know what I'm saying, juvenile lifers without the possibility of parole. Like there's a whole gamut of things that guys are passionate about. And um, like I said, man, we need all hands on deck.
0: And how can people, you know, if people want to to get involved with any of your orgs that you're working with, particularly the Players Coalition, even though they may not be celebrities, I mean, are there ways that people can support the work that you all are doing?
2: Most definitely, man. It's not limited. It's not limited to you know professional athletes or anything like that, man. We're willing to work with anybody who's willing to get their hands dirty and make a difference. So well, you, know, uh, well, you listen,
0: can look us up. I, listen, I played a little Go ball ahead. before, man. So I mean, can I join the players' coalition? <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I might not have the moves that you got, but you know, I, I think I can hold my own. You know, uh, uh, would that qualify me to join the, the coalition? I know Neil can't because yeah, you don't have already. an athletic bone in his body. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, man, the FRRC, man, they, they already a part of the coalition, man. We, we've been doing work since I've I found out about you guys, man. So, you know, that's, that's a relationship up, that we're going to continue to keep, you know, because like we like we talked about earlier, man, like you can't continue to punish people who have already paid their debt to society. You know what I'm saying? You can't continue to take away their civil rights, their ability to get an education, their ability to get housing, their ability to get proper, you know what I'm saying, a job. Like you can't continue to punish people in that way. And what I found out, man, I've seen, you know, formally convicted felons, felons. They've been some of the, the hardest working people that I've seen. You know what I'm saying? Because they know that their opportunities are limited. But they're trying to make a make a living for them and their families. They're trying to do it the right way. So, you know, that's why I jumped on board, man. I I saw, you know, at the rate that people were being turned away, you know, from this committee that was supposed to vote on giving people back their rights. I mean, they turn away, what, 80, 90 percent of the people who come in before the board? Like, that's unheard of. Like, people have paid their debt to society, allow them, you know what I'm saying, to be able to, to join back into society, you know what I'm saying, and be a part of this democratic process in every way. Not limited, but in every way.
0: So Anquan, before we go, man, let, let folks know how they can get a hold of the Players Coalition to get involved.
2: Yes, man. You know, we're on all the social sites, playercoalition.org. Um, just reach out to us, man. We're we're in, not only in Florida, but we're we're all over the country. And we're not just, you know, involved in in one part of, you know, the social justice fight. You know, if if you have a voice and you're willing to work, we can use you. And Anquan, before
0: before they're, this in, is- they're not in Ohio though, All Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're not in Ohio. <laughs> we've actually we've actually done some great work in Ohio, man. I have oh, seen it. I have oh, seen yes. it. See, Tasman. Come on. Um
1: <laughs> I, I will say, man, I, I this has just been such a really informative, authentic conversation. And, and and it's really interesting. I just want to share with you when we told folks, I'm, I'm talking to friends, like, hey man, we're talking to Anquan. The number of people who are drawn to you, um, right, in part because they're like, man, I remember when he like broke his jaw, when all of a sudden he, he got carted off with a, you know, the injury to your leg or hip or something, right? And, and your ability to Get back up, man. You exemplify that kind of, you know, can do, you know, get up, take that second chance, that third chance. And, and, and I just really think that, I, you know, that's super appealing to people and I appreciate uh, how you walk this thing out, man. Uh, you got, you got fans all, <laughs> all over the
0: place,
2: even in the hey, Buckeye yeah. state.
0: Hey, so check this out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> XY, the hey, shot.
2: Neil, Go ahead. So, so Neil, here's, here's a fun fact for you, Neil. Um, my senior year of high school, I was awarded um... Touchdown Club of Columbus Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs>
1: yeah, yes.
2: So did you but, go to Columbus? <laughs> but but listen to that. Listen
0: to the oxymoron in Ohio. This is what Ohio is all about. You can spell a name either way. The Touchdown Club, but Defensive Player of the Year. That like that don't, you know that just don't jive. Listen, Antoine, right? Because I think about what was that wide receiver that came out of Ohio State. Give me the name real quick. Oh, you talking? About Ma- no, no, no. What's his name? Uh, safety. No, the 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 wide receiver that came out of Ohio State. back in the days. We got a bunch of Joey Galloway. Joey Galloway versus Micah Irvin. Who you taking? Oh <laughs> there you go. Wait, what's that running back that came out of Ohio State? Don't say Maurice Claret, Right? Who? You mean who? Zeke? Zeke? Oh, Zeke? Zeke. Zeke. Check this out now. Zeke or Aaron James? Whoa. Oh, you gonna go you, back to the block? I'm not just fair. trying to say, That's man. Not fair. Listen. At the end of the day, we know that Florida puts out more bad kick butt players than Ohio, than the state of Ohio. All right. We We we, do know that we will carry (laughs) on with the trash talk. (laughs) But listen, Aquan, thank you so much, man, for for joining us, man. There's so much more we could have talked about as well, but we really wanted our viewers to just know you as a person, because above all, you know, above all of the accolades that you that you have gotten and will get, uh, because I know you will get into the Hall of Fame. That there's something even more beautiful about you, and that's how you care about people and how you never forget where you come from. And and, and I just needed the, the our viewers to see the person beyond the player and how the person beyond the player is having an impact in our communities.
2: Man, I, I appreciate you guys having me, man. And and let's continue to have these conversations, man, because that's the only way I think that um, people will become aware of what's going on in our country. I, I always say, you know, the education piece is one of the most important pieces to this all because like in this country things happen because we don't know right just like in Orlando you have two six-year-olds being arrested yeah and like if you say that out loud like people are like nah no way but it actually happens because people don't know it's happening so when we educate people about what's happening then we have the ability to go out and change things so man you guys keep doing what you're doing keep educating the public man and keep 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 on with the fight, man, and I'm I'm with you guys. Well, I got one favor
0: to ask you, Anquan. You know, just to throw a little olive branch in there, man. You know, if we can, if, you know, I know ain't no guarantee, man, but can you work on seeing if we can get Malcolm Jenkins on the show so Neil will feel a little bit better?
1: You know what, Desmond? <laughs> I don't care what Brandon and Xavier say about you. You, man, you're not bad. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'll throw you little olive branch, man.
0: Let's, <laughs> Anquan, let's see if we can get Malcolm on here for at least 30 minutes. Uh, so Neil. we do that. All right, that'll work. Oh, all right, wow. thank you so much once again, man. Man,
1: Anquan, thank Thanks so much, man. All right, man. Good talking to you guys. All All right, right, peace. peace. Take care.
0: Wow, that was great, wasn't it? Man, that was fantastic. Man, I'll tell you, man. Anquan is a beautiful soul, man. He
1: really is, man. He yeah. walks it out.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad he's a friend of FRC. <laughs> no,
1: that's right. Man, and that story of his cousin.
0: Yeah, that was... I remember reading that story over and over and over again, man. And I was like, you know... It's, that was scary. Right. That was scary. And, and it reminded it's me on of... on the side of the road, yeah. right? But it, it, it rekindled stuff that I felt. You know, um, just really when them lights flash behind you and it's dark, you know how, how this thing going to turn out, man. And so, yeah, that was that was real deep, man. Yeah, it was. That was real deep, yeah. yeah. Wow. He walked another us through, through each yeah. moment. Woo. Yep, so, another show under the belt, Popper. That's right. That's, that's right. stuff. Where we at, we got to give out big shout out. You know we 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 how many people we got people on there. Definitely want to give a big shout out to our production, our dynamic duo. That's right, right, Zay and Brandon. Brandon and Zay, That's y'all right. are awesome, man. You give guys a are amazing. huge shout out, man. They 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 go above and beyond to make us look good, and they actually got us something to drink today. <laughs> got to give them props <laughs> on that, man. Gotta give him big props. It's the little things. Well, anyway, everybody, uh, I think this is it. Hey, you know, thanks y'all. Thank you all so much for tuning in with us, and stay tuned. Listen, y'all heard already, right? We might be having Malcolm Jenkins on here. <laughs> and listen, I'm listen. I'm gonna try to get the goat, Tom Brady. That's what's right? Up right. I'm there. not guaranteeing anything, but you know what? If if it's gonna be done, Brandon. Remember, Brandon W. We're going to hold him accountable for getting Tom Brady on the show. The goat, Brandon. That's all, That's, right. That's all we're asking. That's all we're asking, Brandon. Can you, can you make it happen? Come on, during the season. All right, come on now. <laughs> all right, y'all. But thank y'all so much, man. And uh, we're looking forward to our next episode. We're going to be bringing in uh, 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 some more exciting folks to really just talk about stuff. Right? That's right. <laughs> so talk you. about stuff, man. Thank, thank, thank you all so much. Man, I love
1: spending Tuesday night together, man. Yep.
0: Peace, love, and happiness to all y'all.
1: See y'all.